Hey, welcome to the Rusty George Podcast. I'm honored that you're taking some time to listen to this. Every Monday, we'll be coming to you answering questions that you submit. Feel free to send in a question, hashtag RG Podcast, and we'll be talking about stuff in the church, in the world, and of course, in sports. Really glad that you're here. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Rusty George Podcast. I'm Josh, and I am the online campus pastor here at Real Life Church. With me is Rusty. He is the head pastor at Real Life Church. So uh, today we talked about, uh, kicked off the new series, and uh, the Christmas season is upon us. Yes. And which means a lot of family drama and a lot of (laughs) friendly, quote, unquote, tension uh, is upon us. So we kind of started the conversation today. Um about how to interact with people when you have disagreements, particularly regarding the uh, finer points of the Christian faith. Right. And uh, there often be a lot of baggage that comes with it. So uh, right. you told a few stories and mentioned a few things, but uh, I'm interested to know, uh, what is your best story that you have when people, uh, mm. you, you introduce yourself and they say, oh, what do you do? Well, I, I'm a pastor. What's your best story that you got there? You know, it's typically more of a reaction and it tends to be pretty common. Um, you know, it starts with, um, oh, okay, well, what kind of church? And so I'll kind of try to explain that a little bit. And, and they all have a preconceived idea as to what that looks like. Um, and it, it usually turns into a um, yeah, I grew up in church, but haven't been in a while, or I need to go more often. But typically, the best, the best though, are when they just immediately check out. And it usually <laughs> happens on an airplane um, when they realize, oh my goodness, I am sitting by somebody for the next five hours who is a pastor and probably feels it's his job to save my soul. So they quickly put on the headphones, or uh, sometimes they'll move seats, which is funny to me. Um, occasionally, I'll get a guy that just has three or four questions they want to talk about, which is mm-hmm. always kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, it's, uh, I'm going to go elsewhere. And that happens a lot at, at holiday parties as well, whether it's neighborhood or yeah. when my wife was um, working in corporate America, we'd have to go to various functions, which I'd always look forward to to interact. And <laughs> once they found out what I did, they wanted to move on. So, And then there's the obligatory apologies, you know, if they swear or you know, do something inappropriate. Oh, I'm sorry, pastor, you know, um, yeah. as if I'm going to you know, wrap their knuckles. Right, over right. Over, yeah. yeah. What are some of those difficult questions that they ask you? Do you have any like responses you know, that, to them? It's or? usually in light of something that happened that has happened currently. Okay. Whether it's, uh, you know, right now it would be the election um, or different propositions mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, Prop 64 or whatever. But uh, a lot of it's like, well, what's going on over in Africa and what's the church going to do about it? And, um, and inevitably it always ties back to a bad church experience. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you read um, any th- any blogs or books by people who are self-proclaimed atheists, I've yet to find one that has moved away from the faith that is not attached to, I had a bad church experience, um, which is really sad because I know that church didn't intend to send somebody down towards atheism, but in, inevitably they did. So a lot of times it's it's the way we say it, which is what we talked about today. The whole gentle and respectful thing is uh, is huge. Yeah, yeah. I, a lot of times when people ask me what I do, or you know, the last thing I want to say is that I'm a Christian, much right. less a pastor, right? <laughs> because right. I just know where that's going. There's so much baggage with those two terms, especially. Um, and and when it when it comes, 
I don't know if it's just my personality that invites this or whatnot, but people don't ever put in their earbuds when they want to talk to me. They always like want to share their life story and their life beef yeah. with what you know with the church and their bad experiences. And right. I used to kind of feel the need to fix that or to defend it, and it got to the point where I just stopped doing that because it just made it worse a lot right. of times. Right. And most beef people share anyways can kind of be disarmed. By simply listening yes. to them and yes. realizing that Jesus has nothing to do with right. what they're saying right. or with any of that stuff, with any of their experiences. Yeah, and I think you, you nailed it right there. Everybody's got a story they want to share and no one will listen to them. Mm-hmm. So when we simply take the time to listen to them and, and empathize with them, it really goes a long way. It may not be the one conversation that brings them back to faith. But it could be one of about four or five. Yeah. It's a yeah. link in a chain. And you start them thinking about, hmm, maybe I should really process that. One of my favorite questions to ask people is when they tell me they don't believe the Bible, I just say, have you ever read it? And typically hmm. they say no. No, yeah. Um, they just have, well, I heard this or I saw this movie. or, um, And we're going to talk a lot about that next week. The Bible yeah. is 66 books. To claim you don't believe in one doesn't mean you throw everything out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I would say, obviously, I respect all of it. But the assumption that if you think that the earth was created in billions of years rather than, you know, a literal six day, to throw out the crucifixion with that, um, it's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. So we really start there and move outward. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be a really good conversation to have, too. And I love, even sometimes I find myself, actually a lot of times nowadays, um, but I find myself actually agreeing with a lot of the criticisms that people will attach sure. to Christians and, and things like that. So th- it really disarms them when you like side with them yes, with, it does. And, and, and their criticisms of what the church has done wrong or like different ways in which the Bible has been distorted or twisted to kind of serve people's own right. kind of needs. So um, I, I like to give permission to people to do that because it kind of, it, like I said, it just redirects the conversation completely and suddenly you're mm-hmm. on the same page and right. it, it, you're not, you know some glorified <laughs> presence right. in the room of like it. Right. You know, um, so, exactly. you know, it's, it's, it's just important to separate kind of the real Jesus from all the other noise that's, that's out there. Right. So that's, that's why I appreciated you using the approach of not defending a worldview today in right. the message. Um, right. Why is it so tempting for us to like kind of equate the information that we have about our faith or the knowledge that we have about the Bible <laughs> Um, to like how Christian we are. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Oh, no kidding. And I think it's because of the amount of time we put into it. Yeah. And, and truthfully, and you're a person that enjoys knowledge as much as I do and probably even more, when you do uncover that nugget mm-hmm. where you read that great sentence or you, you, know, you learn something you never thought of before, it's exhilarating. And that becomes what you want to share. But um, I remember talking to a guy one time about, you know, it's like a staircase you cannot take the 12th step till you take the first step. And, and you yeah. really can't, in a conversation with somebody, expect them to really care a whole lot about the details of the Ark of the Covenant, you know, until they understand Jesus and, and start there. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody really comes to faith by reading Genesis and then they say, oh, what's, what happens next? And you give them Exodus and they, oh, what happens next? They don't really come that way. They come through Jesus mm-hmm. and then they have a respect for the rest of it. So I, I think we have to to think about it that way when it comes to how we share it, what we talk about, um, because there's some settings where they're just not ready for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We often have this thought that like I'm not a professional Christian if I don't have like this expert knowledge of mm-hmm. the Bible or some particularly 
so some interpretation of it, right. <laughs> and we can talk about that next week as well. Uh-huh. But uh, or people like in the same way they'll say, "Oh, I'm not witty enough." When somebody criticizes my faith, and they'll just stay quiet. But I always appreciate it when somebody is like, "Oh, I have a relationship with Jesus. Let me, you know, come from that standpoint." And they don't even worry about those different issues and whatnot. But there's also people on, on the other aspect of on mm-hmm. the other end of the spectrum that they want to insert Jesus into every single conversation that they have. Exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, how do we deal with some, you know? Or what would you say to somebody who has that kind of conflict or tension that they have to kind of always <laughs> talk about Jesus? Yeah, and unfortunately, I think that comes from a, this guilt factor of I'm obligated to bring him up at all turns. And we've all been yeah. around that person. How you doing? Blessed and getting better. Oh, that's great. Pass the salt. Speaking of salt, we should be salt and light. <laughs> you know, they turn everything into a segue into their faith. And... Really, it does a couple things. One, it makes it look like you're not genuine. And two, it makes it look like that's what I'm supposed to be if I become a follower of Jesus. And so the introverts in the room go, oh, I don't want any part of that. Amen. Yeah. So they, you know, the extroverts might sign up for it, but typically not. Um, So I think for the most part, you want to create a, I heard one guy say it this way, am I living a life that other people would want to live? And if I'm a a miserable, angry Christian. No one wants to live that life. Sure. But if I'm an over-the-top, in-your-face of, of evangelist, no one wants to live that. Yeah. So I think it is a life we'll live. Yeah, and it's, man, it's never our job to comment on anything negative in a belief system for the sake of like evangelizing. Right. Um, I know that's a common misconception and... It, it's never our job to judge other people's lifestyles we see. I, I like I don't care what it is that they're doing. It doesn't matter. Like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, he says it really clearly, and I quote, it is not our job to judge those outside the church. Yes. He quotes it just directly there. And then in 2 Corinthians, he's, he talks about being ministers of reconciliation and don't hold people's sins against them and, and things like that. The good news is not that you you have better news than everybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the good news is that there's life available available for all right. people, no matter what. It doesn't matter how much something offends right. you or how wrong you think somebody is. You just got to remember what Jesus taught and consider right. your own sin and look past those of other people. And that's another thing too. That like that's a good point, especially for the holidays. I love it's hard, um, and I've already been put to the test by it. But uh, look for the positive things in what people are saying, yeah. yeah, no matter how negative it is, and just look for that positive intention in a person's heart and affirm it right. as much as you can. Right. Um, because I think the light shines through those cracks eventually, and <laughs> if the church is supposed to be the means by which people are drawn to the kingdom of God, how do we get away with being the very thing that keeps them from it? Yeah. And I think that's kind of what you were getting at. Exactly. Um, a perfect example of that is the age-old question of why do bad things happen to good people? Nobody asks that because they have a desire to come up with a philosophical statement. Oh, sure. They ask that because something bad has happened to them or someone they love. So a great question after that question is, first of all, that's a good question. Tell me why that matters to you, why that's important to you. Mm -hmm. Let them share their story. And a lot of times they just need someone to listen to them. Because if I try to explain to you why bad things happen to good people, and how Jesus went to the cross, and so all of us are getting better than we deserve. You know, that pales in comparison to the pain they have because they lost their child to cancer or whatever it was. So understanding also, you know, leads to a uh, 
uh, an audience with that person. As Paul said, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. So it's not going to be our judgment that does it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, this conversation will definitely continue and bleed into uh, next yeah, week. Next you know? week will be a good one. Yeah, it'll be a real hoot. So yeah. uh, looking forward to it, everybody. We'll, uh, we'll talk to everybody then. Hey, thanks so much for listening. We're really glad that you chose to be part of the podcast. Again, submit your questions to hashtag RGPodcast. And we'd love for you to go to iTunes and to write a review of the podcast. That helps us out so much. Spread the word, share it with others, and we'll talk to you next time.